You heard me say it, and I believe it wholeheartedly, that if you lead with identity, everything else will follow. But I've had the experience in my work of coming in contact with individuals who want what follows, but aren't willing to lead with identity. It used to bother me and I could not figure out why they did not want to lead with identity. Then it dawned on me that people think that doing identity work means that you're broken. When in fact, it has nothing to do with brokenness and it's not an attempt to fix you. Identity work is about coming in alignment with who you are and not fixing, but honoring who you are and building a brand that is most authentic to who you are. So if you're ready to leave with identity and become a supernormal superstar, visit YourSupernormal.com right now and let's do the work. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Transformation Radio, where we transform lives through purposeful conversations, regardless of how uncomfortable and unpopular those conversations are. Lift every voice and sing till earth and heaven ring, ring with harmonies of liberty. Let our rejoicing rise high as the listening skies. Let it resound loud as the rolling sea. Sing a song full of the faith that the dark past has taught us. Sing a song full of the hope that the present has brought us. Facing the rising sun of our new day begun. Let us march on till victory is
What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Transformation Radio. That's right, Transformation Radio, where we transform lives through purposeful conversations, regardless of how uncomfortable and unpopular those conversations are. My name is Clifton Pettyjohn. I'm a purpose strategist, author, transformation coach, and spiritual leader. I provide tools and strategies to transition you from a life of existing or just from existing to living a life full of purpose. That's right, a life full of purpose. Now, if you're out there and you're struggling with the concept that you have purpose, I want you to do this quick exercise with me, and I do it every week now. I want you to do it with me, all right? I want you to take a deep breath in, hold it, breathe out. One more time, breathe in, hold it, breathe out. If you were able to do that exercise with me, that means that there is breath remaining in your body. Therefore, purpose yet remains. Again, I welcome you to Transformation Radio. If this is your first time joining us, I welcome you and thank you for taking time to tune in. If you have been with us since the conception of Transformation Radio, I appreciate you and I thank you for all your love, all your support, all your feedback. Tonight we have an amazing guest, y'all. We're going to get to him in a minute, but before we do, I have to say something. I'm pretty sure the majority of us have seen the video. I believe the young man's name is Jacob Blake. We want to continue to keep him and his family in prayer, and we want to pray for justice. But we don't just want to pray for justice. You already know we want to make sure we are doing our part for him, for Breonna Taylor, for everyone, as we continue to fight for equality and equity for all people. I want to make sure that you're filling out your censuses, And I want to make sure that you are registered to vote. It might seem like a small thing, but, guys, I'm telling you it's important with the census. We need to make sure that the representation is correct. And then with voting, we need to make sure that our voice is heard. But also, please make sure that you are fighting for justice for Jacob and Brianna and everyone else out there that is experiencing social injustices. All right, it's sad, but, you know, I believe we're going to get there. If we keep fighting, that's the whole thing. We have to keep fighting for this thing. Understand that you're not fighting in vain. Don't give up the fight. Just understand you're not fighting in vain. And if we continue to build that momentum, we will continue to see change in a progressive manner. All right? So now we have two more shows after this show left of season two of Transformation Radio. If you've been listening, you already know that at the end of this season, Transformation Radio, as you know it, will no longer exist. Uh, And the reason is because we are expanding. Um, I have decided, although Ms. Yvonne Mason has been a major blessing to the show, I have decided to begin my own network and those of you that have listened, you understand that Ms. Yvonne Mason has been our number one supporter, and she has been our only sponsor. I haven't had to come out of my pocket for anything for this show. All she told me she wanted me to do was to get on here, get behind the mic, and share my message of transformation. I don't take that lightly. I'm forever grateful for what she has done. And because she's done that, now I'm looking for two individuals that are out there that have a voice 
or you're coming into the knowledge that you have a voice. You might be struggling with the concept that you have a voice, but you don't know what to do to get your voice out there. You have an idea for a radio show or a podcast, excuse me, but you don't know what it is that you need to do in order to bring it from paper or from your mind to paper to you actually executing it. I want to connect with two individuals because I want to sponsor your show for a year and a half. Now, I'm not purchasing any equipment for you, but I will purchase the distribution of your show. Now, I will not own the distribution of your show. You will have all rights to your show. I just want to pay it forward. She blessed me, so I want to be a blessing to two other individuals. So if you're out there, you're listening, you have a concept for a show, I want you to email me at info at cliftonpettyjohn.com. Again, info at cliftonpettyjohn.com. Now, I also want you in that email, I want you to outline your idea for your show. I don't just want you to write me and say, hey, I got an idea for a show. No, I want to hear about your idea for a show. And if you're even struggling with, with putting it all together, I want you to send me what you have, and we can set up a time for us to sit down and talk, and we can perfect that thing so we can get your voice out there. And I also said, if you live locally, if you're in the Kent County, Sussex County, Newcastle County, Delaware area, you're in Philly somewhere, you know, that's close, Maryland, somewhere that's close, and you don't have equipment, I will allow you to use my equipment if it's a day that I'm not recording. However, you're going to have to sign a, a form, you know, a liability form. Um, but I want to help you get your message out there. It's such a great time for everyone to hear what it is that's inside of you. And some of us have been sitting on ideas and concepts, messages and books, and the greatness that's inside of us long enough, and the world is waiting for the manifestation of everything that's locked up inside of you, all right? So that's exciting news. I'm going to have more details on the next show. But, again, if you're out there, you want to start a podcast, you want to start a radio show, let's sit down, let's talk, let's collaborate, let's work together. Reach out to me at info at cliftonpettyjohn.com, all right? So let's keep moving so we can get our guests. Y'all, I'm excited tonight. I, I just believe, I guess I get on here and say I'm excited every night because I believe our guest is going to be be great. But I believe our guest is going to be great. Have I ever said that to you and we haven't had a great guest? Absolutely not because I'm very selective about the people that I allow on this platform because I value each and every one of you. And I know that each and every one of you are at cross different crossroads in your life. So you need to hear diverse stories because our guest tonight's story might connect with you. If my story doesn't connect with you, our last guest story doesn't connect with you. That's why I value who I put before you. Now, here's what's up. The phone lines are going to be open the entire show, and I'm almost done because I know y'all probably like, I'm tired of hearing you. Can we get to the guests? I know I'm saying the same thing. All right, so the phone lines will be open the entire show. We invite you, excuse me, invite you to join in the conversation. That's right. We want you to be a part of the conversation. If you have a question or a comment related to the subject that we are discussing on tonight, or the subjects, because y'all know how the conversations go, the subjects that we're discussing on tonight, I want you to call in. Now, here's, here's where you already know how I roll, okay? Because our guest 
come from diverse backgrounds and belief systems. Some things are going to be said by me and them that you're not going to agree with and vice versa. However, this is a secured platform or a secured environment for people to freely express how they feel and what they believe in a respectful manner. So if you call in and you want to express a disagreement, make sure that you do it respectfully. Why? Because if we start to get a little disrespectful, I'm going to have to hit that X button. Haven't had to do it yet in two seasons. And I'm believing we're going to finish strong. I'm not going to have to do it, but I always like to make that known because I want you to feel free enough to express who you are, but I want everybody on here to be free enough to be who they totally are. All right. Because that is the beginning of living life. You can't live life if you feel or you're afraid of being who you are. You don't begin to live life until you allow yourself to breathe, stretch, and be everything that you were called, created, and designed to be. Okay. So call in number 516-387-1756. Again, 516-387-1756. All right. So it's that time. I want each and every one of you to help me welcome to the show. He is an author. He's an entrepreneur. He is a certified teacher and so many other things. Help me welcome Dennis Richmond Jr. to the show. Dennis, how are you tonight? I'm good, Cliff. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Awesome. Listen, thank you so much for having me. You have no idea how excited I am. Awesome, man. I was just going to tell you, thank you again for coming on and your willingness to share with our listening audience. I believe that those that will hear this broadcast are going to leave in a better state than they were before they tuned into the broadcast. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right, so here we go. I always like to start with an icebreaker question, and I'll explain Mm -hmm. why I picked this specific question after you answer it, but it's the same question I give everybody on the show. That Mm -hmm. question is, if you could have one superpower, what would that superpower be and why? My superpower, Cliff, would be the ability to go back in time. And the reason being is because I would love to see, and I mean love to see, those who came before me and just be able to see the past. Please, my goodness, don't tell, don't ask me a question like that, Cliff. I would love <laughs> I would definitely love to be able to go back in time. Time travel, for sure, time travel. I feel you. Okay. Now, here's why I asked that question. Because everyone that's been on the show, well, I'll say it this way, 99.999999% of the people that's been on the show answer that question based upon something they are passionate about or something that's surrounding their purpose. So I take it you're probably mm. a history guy. That's funny. Yes, I am. <laughs> See, that, that's why I always ask that question, because some people are like, why do you ask that question? I said, because that icebreaker question to me reveals a lot about our guests and the journey that we're about to embark on, on tonight. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. I, I love it. That's right. I'm a history person. 
Cool, cool. Okay. So now we're going to play a quick game of word association, okay? I have three words I want to throw out there at you. I want you to tell me the first thing that comes to mind when you hear these words. You can give me a one-word answer. You can give me a one-sentence answer. You can give an elaborate answer. And listen, you can sing if you want to. If a song pops in your head, feel welcome (laughs) to sing. (laughs) Sure. All right? So the first word is actually two words, and that's social justice. Black power. Say, I feel you. And the reason why I picked that is because I saw where you led, uh, I believe it was the rally after the Trayvon Martin situation. Yes, sir. That's right. And with with everything we have going on today, even to, was it yesterday or last night, you know, waking up to see the video of the um, young man who who was shot by the police. What what is your frame of mind right now as it relates to everything that is going on? I would say that now more than ever, people have to make sure that they hold on to their belief systems and that they continue to strive in their purpose. Because often when people aren't working in or manifesting in their purpose, that's when things go left. But I would say that during times like this, just as we've needed, you know, for the past few months especially, we need everyone to do what they do as best as they can. So we need all of our authors to make sure that they are writing, not only writing for amusement, but to make sure that they're writing for their purpose and for the purpose of helping people. We need to make sure that those who are in media are not only portraying and reporting on important issues, but issues that are important to all communities and not just a small group of communities. And we need to make sure that our educators are teaching these things. So I would say that we need to, in times like this, make sure that everyone is doing their part. Because in order for the table to be able to stand up, we need all of the legs to be strong. We can't just have a couple legs be strong because then the table will fall. So true. Couldn't have said it any better than that. And it's crazy you were talking about purpose because the next word is purpose. Mm. God. Mm. God. Okay. So let's let's elaborate on that real quick. I sure. say purpose, you say God. How do you connect mm-hmm. or why do you connect those two together? I connect those two together because I know for a fact, at least in my belief, that in order for you to truly live out your purpose, you need to know God or or a form of God or a form of, you know, a power bigger than you. Because often when it comes to mm-hmm. someone living out their purpose, it's often about something bigger than them. Absolutely. You know? So let let me ask you your uh, question as a young man. Sure. What is your purpose? I would say that my purpose is to educate people. Without a doubt, my purpose is to definitely educate people and reassure them of their purpose. <laughs> so my purpose mm-hmm. is to educate people and to reassure them of their purpose. So 
to educate people on where they come from, to educate people on the power that they have, because often we don't understand the power that we have, and to educate people to let them know that no matter what happens, there's always tomorrow. Because often mm, we'll cool. do things and, and we won't think that there is a tomorrow, but there is a tomorrow, and there is a brighter day. Right. And I know that because I've seen that brighter day. And often those of us who have seen brighter days have to remind those of us who have not that it is coming. Whether you believe it or not, mm-hmm. it is coming. Give it time because it will happen. So true. So true. Now, how did you discover your purpose? I discovered my purpose by attending Claflin University, a private HBCU, historically black college mm. in Orangeburg, mm-hmm. South Carolina. And I had been fighting part of my purpose for a long time until I realized that it was my purpose. And part of my purpose was to teach. And I had been fighting mm-hmm. that because I didn't necessarily think that I wanted to be a teacher. But then I realized that everything that I was doing was already teaching. So from recording mm-hmm. students on a college campus and then putting it together to show high school students what college was like, I'm teaching them about what college is like. Or if I right. have an internship somewhere and I'm talking to someone in an office, I'm teaching them with information that I know that they don't know. So I'm realizing that I'm teaching regardless. So, you know, eventually right. you just say, well, this is my purpose, especially when you can do it and you do it well. You know, it's one thing to yeah. talk and people people don't listen to you, but it's another thing to talk and then people actually listen. That's when you can become a real influencer, a real influential person. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you said it right there as, as it relates to purpose. When you do it and you can do it well, that mm-hmm. speaks volumes. That's right. And then the last word. Oh, go ahead. Did you have something else to say? No, sir. I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying that's okay. right. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. The last word before we get into the conversation is transformation. Mm. Every day. Yes. Every day. Every day. I would definitely say that with transformation, you know, that, that comes every day. It should come every day. It definitely should be something that happens every day. And if not every day, then definitely often enough where you know that you're being transformed. You know, often we get caught up in what it is that we do to the point where we don't want to transform or we don't want to change or Mm. we don't want to be different and we become content, you know, and that's not good in any field. That's not good in education. That's not good in music. That's not good in the health field. You want to move. You want to change. You want to transform and become new and learn more and do more and stay relevant, you know, and it says a lot when you look at certain musicians, who were famous 30 years ago, who are still famous today, you know, because they knew to change with the times. And that doesn't always work for everyone. So that's what I would say with that. (laughs) Cool, cool. No, that's good. That was good. Now, in in your own personal life, you know, as you have been through different transitional moments in your life, have there been times where you have been, find yourself in a place where you've gotten content and 
kind of, you know, fought the transformative process yourself and then had to come to a realization like, hold up, I got to I got to move with this thing. Definitely. 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 I would say that that was recently actually with my -hmm. graduate school experience, you know, knowing that I had a master's degree, but there was one more part that I needed and I needed a teaching certificate. I needed a certification Mm -hmm. in order to fully, in my eyes anyway, be as effective an educator as I could be. And I was struggling Mm -hmm. to get that certification. And with that, you know, it was sort of like, okay, well, in time, in time, in time. But for something like that, you have to be on it. So in the state of New York, Mm -hmm. they have this thing now where you're able to get it because with everything going on with COVID-19, you can get your certification and then, you know, worry about the requirements later, so to speak. So I have mine, but it was still a process in getting that because I had to make sure that I had information out. I had to follow up on this. So definitely just knowing that I, there's always more, you know what I mean? Because Mm -hmm. even Mm -hmm. though you think that you have it, there's more to get. And also knowing that people look up to you, whether or not Mm. you realize it or not. And that's something that I'm continuing, continuing to realize that even though I think, okay, well, it's not that serious. It is that serious because I don't know who I'm inspiring and I don't know who's watching and I don't know who needs to see me succeed in order to give them the, the, even thought that they can succeed as well. I'm glad you said what you said because uh, looking at your bio, I'm looking at your bio, I see the successes, I see you're very decorated even as a young man. And sometimes when you accomplish things at a young age, it's easier to become content if you're not careful. And I love how you said, you know, you, even though you faced those challenges, you know, you understood you had to keep right on going to accomplish that goal so that it would make you feel more effective in what it was that you were called and designed to do. So that's one of the things that I I drive into people that experience success from young age on up is like, never lose that fight, never lose that grind because you always can be accomplishing something new. You always can be, you know, positioning yourself to be more effective in the areas that you are called to. Exactly. Exactly. Always, 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 always. And often what people don't necessarily realize is that, yes, when you're young, you know, it might come off as different, but, we're all still learning, whether we're young or mature. So, Mm -hmm. again, getting back to it, that's what it's like. And there's also not always positivity that comes with that, right? Because then it's like, Mm. well, you're young, so you don't know yet. Or you're young, so you're not fully there yet. And, you know, that's dangerous because when you look at things in life, even movements, you know, as we talk about civil rights movements or, what have you, it takes everyone, you know, it's not just one set age group of people. It takes everyone from different backgrounds, different ages and different experiences. So we can't just have the 60 something year old man 
who right. identifies as black right. from South Carolina. We need the 65-year-old right. black man from South Carolina. We need the 42-year-old white woman from New Jersey. We need the man Absolutely. with a master's degree. We need the woman with a bachelor's degree. You know, it's not just an exclusive club, but it's for everybody. And that's what you, makes you, it effective. Go ahead, sir. No, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. You just got me excited mm-hmm. there because you you hit something. And I, I think that that is one of the things that I push very hard. Even on this show, I have people from various age groups. I, I have a young man that's coming on next season, 17-year-old 17 17 motivational speaker and communication teacher. 17 years old. Wow. Why? Because I value the voice of the youth and I value the voice of those who came before me, and I value the voice in my age range, you know, my age range, mm-hmm. because I believe that we all need each other for strategy right. and for movement. I mean, we, mm-hmm. we need that. Like you said, it has to be a collective. One of the greatest uh, enemies to any movement is division. And if right. we could all learn how to unite in our own strength, where we don't have to compete. Right. I don't want to compete with you. I can't do what you do. You know, you, you got mm. that on lock over there. But I can do what I've been designed to do, and then we can move this movement together. I like that you brought that up because that is the key right there. Like, each generation has to respect each other and, the, and what That's each right. generation represents. You know, and I'm going to tell That's you this. Right. I tell anybody, I will, I, I'm 40. I'm 40 years old. And in my life, I've learned from, I've always been in the school system and in the nonprofit sector. So I've learned more from my students than I have from some of those that came before me, than I have some of those mm. who served as educators to me, because they had a way of seeing things that if I could step back for a minute, they were seeing in my blind mm-hmm. spot. So, you know, that's why Mm. I feel it's very important that we have, you know, diversity around us because when we don't have that diversity, we miss out on so much. Okay, so that was good. That's true. Yeah. So now we're finished with the game. Okay, so now we want to get into the conversation about you, okay? Now, here's what I like to do before we get talking about everything that's going on with you currently. I always like to give uh, our audience a backdrop of our guests. So what I want you to do is I want you to uh, share as much as you're comfortable sharing, you know, with, you know, growing up, into your college life, on to where you are right now. How did you get from where you were, where you were, to where you are now? Sure. My name is Dennis Richmond Jr. and I'm 25 years old. And I was born and raised in Yonkers, New York. Yonkers is roughly, depending on how fast you drive, about 20 some odd to 30 minutes from Manhattan. I grew up, I attended Padilla School number 24, Padilla School number 24 in Yonkers, New York, Museum Middle School, and Riverside High School. I went on to Claflin University in Orangeburg, South Carolina, and I received my master's degree from Sarah Lawrence College in Bronxville, New York. I know for a fact that I was always interested in history. I was always interested in learning. I was always interested in learning. My parents instilled in me 
the ability, not even the ability, but the know-how of how important education was and the know-how of school. You know, it was just education, education, education. And not to the point where I couldn't function, just to know that this is what it was, that I could do anything if I was educated. You know, my mother would make sure that I had a newspaper that I would read. So she'd be doing laundry, and I'd pick an article out of the newspaper and read that. My father's form of literature for me would be magazines, whether they were car magazines or, you know, home magazines and what have you. And it, it was just like that. I mean, education, learning about the music that they listened to and learning about their childhood and what have you. So I took all of those things with me as I traveled, and I continue to take those things with me as I travel. And that's why history is so important for me and to me, because I know for a fact that if I know where I come from and other people know where they come from, they'll be, they'll be more apt to want to do better. You know, it's that old adage, you know, you know better, you do better. <laughs> so Right, right, right. Definitely. That, that's it in a nutshell. Education was always something that was pressed, you know, that was ingrained in me and it will forever be. I know that I love education. I know that I love to work hard. You know, I often say you might look better than me. You might speak better than me. You might dress better than me. You might know more people than me, but you will not work me, period. That's not going to happen. I don't mm-hmm. allow that to happen. When I put my mind to it, I don't get out work. And that's not me sounding cocky. That's not me trying to sound arrogant. That's a fact. Because my success can speak for itself. I don't. I don't like to get outwork in what I do. So I don't dance. I don't sing. I don't rap. I teach, and I speak. And I'm I'm pretty good at those things, especially speaking. Especially speaking. So in my field, I know it is what it is. And Across the country, there are not many teachers of color, let alone black mm-hmm. teachers, let alone black men teaching, let alone if we're even yes. honest about it, black men say under the age of like 27, 26. So yes. being in that small group, then I know that it's all eyes on me because it is. <laughs> so knowing all of that, and having said all of that, that's me. Awesome. Now I want to, you uh, as you were talking, I could hear the confidence in what you, what you do. Have you mm-hmm. always been a confident individual, or is that something that you know you kind of developed as the years went on? It's funny that you say that because I don't think most people can exactly say that however i can tell you exactly when it happened it happened in 2010 Mm -hmm. i was running for school president at riverside high school i was running for school president and spoiler alert i lost but running for school president i knew that i had to stand on stage now there was there were so many people who believed me in school so many people but when I stood on stage, there was a sense of power that came over me, a sense of freedom where everyone had to look at me. And even if you didn't look at me, I was in front of you on a stage and you were in the audience watching me or 
knowing that I was there. And when I first got on stage, some people cheered, some people booed. When I got off stage, when I walked away from the podium, rather, all I heard was the clapping from those who were clapping. I didn't hear any boos. So it was sort of like, okay, this is the boy who's been getting bullied, but now all of a sudden he's in front of me. So that's when the plant, that's when the seed grew. That's when the, the magic moment happened, 2010. October to be exact, October 2010 is when that changed for me. And then everything, it was all up from there. I wasn't nervous anymore. You know, the bullying really died down. I spoke up for myself because I, to this day, at 25 years old, have never drank and I have never smoked. And I said that to some people, they won't even believe me. I'm going through my 18th, 21st, and 25th birthday and never drank, I never smoked. And I say that because the high that I get, the good feeling that I get, that's unexplainable comes from when I'm speaking in front of a crowd. When it's all eyes on me, that's what I do. And sort of like with you, with what you do, I don't have to write it down. The spirit works through me. I just speak. I'm there. And it's crazy because I look back and I listen to certain things and I'm like, wow, that boy kind of did his thing. That boy did his thing. And it wasn't planned. You you know what I mean? So it's like, no, how you do that? How that boy do that? And mind you, it's me, but I'm just looking. So it was October 2010, and that's when the confidence started when I ran for school president. And the rest is history. And now I'm here with Cliff, and everything is copacetic. See, and that's what's up. I'm I'm loving this because I'm going to go, I'm going to work backwards first. I'm going to work backwards. Um, One of the things that you just said, no, I'm going to work from the beginning. I'm going to work from the beginning because you said something that was so powerful. I said, when did the confidence start? You said, I can identify right where it started. You know, I was running for school president. Spoiler alert, I lost. Now, here's the powerful thing in that. The powerful thing in that is because usually if you hear somebody tell that story, there's mm-hmm. no way you gain confidence from losing. Mm. If you're not looking at the big picture of it, because it wasn't about you winning or losing. It was about you finding your voice. That's right. And when you found your voice, you found, you know, your, you found that superpower. You found that thing that you were created to do, and then I got mad respect for you. But 25 years old, never drank, never smoked, and how you depicted the high that you feel from being on stage, and that you know that it, it's nothing that can describe it really to me. I feel you on that one, like because mm-hmm. that's a high that is uncomparable, especially when you know that because I don't prepare my speeches either. So you know when mm-hmm. you're speaking and people's lives are being impacted and being transformed, there's nothing greater than that. Like, I, I feel you on that. But that is awesome that you gained your confidence in a situation that, you know, you did not win, but yet you still right. won. That's right. And then the bullying That's thing. Right. You're talking about the bullying thing, you know, because a lot of people are struggling with that, and there are people that are being bullied that even – want to run for class president or want to run, want to play sports, want to do whatever it is, but they're they're stuck in that mindset of, well, what if I fail and everybody laughs at me? How, even through the bullying, what was it that made you get up on the stage or or gain the courage just to run? God, 
It, it has to be God. It has, it has to be God. Yeah. Because that there's no other way for that. You know, I was yeah. I was bullied. I that was me. Like I I wasn't respected when I was in in school. Right. I I wasn't like I. You know I. <laughs> it was it was God because when it did happen, that's when everything changed, and I realized okay I got mm. this now. Like I, I, I'm here for something else. You know, you might not be here to learn. I'm here to learn. So you can call me a teacher's pet or a bookworm or whatever, but that's cool to me. And it's funny how life works because now those same people realize just how important it was to pick up an education and how they should have oh, yeah. done it a little bit differently. You know, how if only they didn't mm-hmm. clown around as much in high school or if only they respected certain teachers a little bit more, at least so they could have, graduated or at least so they could have went on to college and you know and it's interesting because you'll hear people who say things like oh yeah well I I couldn't do that because you know miss such and such was this or nah I could I I couldn't I couldn't go to college because you know such and such didn't help me you know and that that might be cute the first year or two out of high school but when you start saying you graduated high school seven eight nine ten years ago and you haven't accomplished anything because of what a teacher said or because of somebody else, you have to start taking responsibility for your own actions and for your life and your own purpose, getting back to purpose, saying, you know, maybe it's not that maybe it is me. You know, as much as I would have loved to say the reason why I didn't have my teaching certification is because everybody else, like, don't get me wrong, I took a math exam and I failed it, an exam that I needed to get my certification, and I failed it by one point. And as much as I wanted Mm -hmm. to say they could have gave me that point. They could have gave me that point. You know, okay. But you also have to realize that that was one question or two questions or part of a question or something that you needed to improve on. So eventually you have to take some responsibility. As much as you want to say, well, it could have happened that way. Yeah, it could have. But if you knew this little bit more of information, they could not have giving you a failing grade because you would have earned a passing grade. And that's what people don't realize. So when people say things like, oh, this teacher don't like me, this teacher like even if you think the teacher doesn't like you, if you studied enough in class or you know enough of it to pass, they can't fail you because all you have to do is say, well, I'm curious to know how if I got this, 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 and this on a test, then I've been here every day, how I feel. You know what I mean? So it's just a matter of mm-hmm. us having to take responsibility. And it's so much easier and attractive to be able to blame someone else for your actions and to be able to point fingers and say, you're the reason why this happened to me. Unless it's a deliberate thing that they've done to you, you have to be able to move on from it. Case in point, J.K. Rowling, you know, the creator of Harry Potter, was told Mm -hmm. no multiple times, but she held on. Rapper Nicki Minaj worked over a dozen jobs before her career truly took off, and then she just focused on nothing but rap. So it's like eventually you have to say, okay, am I going to believe this or am I going to keep going because I know I have something? And it's those who keep going, who keep striving, who make it out on top. You get told no two or three times. You say, okay, well, I guess it's not good. No, 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 no. You have to keep going. That's why I have a book. That's why I have a book. Oh, well, you should go with the publishing company and you have to, you know, try and do this and try and do this. Okay, I'm not going to do that because I'm a young man. I'm a young man of color, young black man, 20-something years old. 
I don't know who's going to want to pick up my story, but I know I have a story, so I'm going to put it out myself and see how it does. And thank God it did pretty good, and it's doing pretty good. So it's like sometimes you have to bet on yourself. And it could be hard, it could be scary, but when it does work, it is the most rewarding experience in the world because you knew the potential that you had, and it worked. And nobody can take that away from you. Man, you said so much. I'm gonna hit two key things there as we're <laughs> no, as we're progressing. <laughs> you did. No, no, this is you already know what I told you off the air. Don't cut nothing right. short. Get it out. Right. But you talked about it, taking responsibility because I tell people too, uh, in my coaching sessions, because a lot of people like people are like, um, you don't understand, they hurt me fifteen years ago. And I explained to him, well, if you keep reliving that thing and you haven't dealt with it after 15 years, it's no longer them hurting you. It's you Mm. hurting you. And we have to take responsibility Mm. for the part that we're playing in that thing because sometimes people get mad because some people that have hurt them seem to move on and go on in life like nothing happened. Now you have to take that power back in your own life and realize, wait a minute, I could be living life. And I'm sitting here stuck on something that happened 15 years ago. I tell people, get Mm. therapy, do whatever you have to do to free yourself so that you can accomplish the goals that you have in life. So that was good to take responsibility. Yes, sir. I'm glad that you said get therapy because, as you know, especially in the black community, that's still taboo, you know, because that that, that makes you look sick, you know, and so many of us don't want that, that whole well, you know, she, she's on therapy. You know, she, she had to go to therapy. You know, it's like a a, a bad thing. Almost, it's almost in the category, if not in the same category, for people of color. Because I grew up, you know, a black man in New York. You know, when you'll meet people who will say, because you speak proper, you're trying to be white. You know, that's that same white. logic. Mm-hmm. That whole, well, because you don't fit in mm-hmm. this category, then you have to be trying to get in another one. You know, so yeah, definitely with therapy, it's that whole. Blah, blah. Well, what's wrong with you? Why are you going to therapy? You don't need no therapy. You know, so <laughs> I I, I've agree. heard it all. You don't need no therapy. You just need to go to church. Well, you know, I, I went on. to therapy because part a lot of my problems came from church culture. You know, not God, mm. the, the church culture. A lot of my problems came from that. So my therapist is my best friend. I tell people all the time, he's my best friend. And they say, what? I said, yeah. I said, I can tell him anything. He can't talk. If he talks, then I can sue him, which isn't a problem mm-hmm. because then I, if I sue him, that helps fund some of the things that I want to get off the ground anyway. So, But <laughs> I push therapy. <laughs> I'm telling you, listen. <laughs> but I do. I push therapy because I believe that, that – um, a lot of us could be a lot farther if we understood that concept. Now, I fought therapy for years, too, because, you know, I grew up hearing that, and I put that game, I, um, I'm i sorry, I accepted that for myself, too. Like, I don't need no therapy. That's for, you know, that's for, that's for white people. We don't need that here, you know. But the reality was if I wanted to progress from where I was, I needed help. And at that moment, the only one that could help me was a therapist. So I push it on here. Got it. Got the it. second thing you said was to bet on yourself. I hope you guys okay. heard that. Um, as a self-published author myself, I get it. I get exactly what you're saying. There is no excuse for not putting your book out. There's no excuse not to put your music out. 
There's no excuse not to put your art out, your poetry out, your script out. There's no excuse for it. Anything that you do creatively, there's no excuse for it because now we all have access to the Internet, which will help you learn how to self-publish those things, how to copyright what you need to copyright, excuse me, how to go through those processes that you need to go through because you have a story. And just because a publishing company might not value your story, that doesn't even matter if they value it. You need to value it enough to put it out there for those that are looking for your story. So let's talk about your book. Talk to us about your book. Yes, sir. The book is called He Spoke at My School, An Educational Journey. And it's about my journey through life, my first 25 years in life. God willing, I have another 25 coming, my first 25 years in life. Mm-hmm. And how education has played a role in every aspect of that ever since I was small up until now. It talks about the bullying that I've gone through. It talks about my experiences, experiences getting to school and getting through school. And it talks about me starting the beginning baby, baby steps of my career as a substitute teacher and things that I encountered. You know, three major things in the book that I particularly like. The first is how it starts off with my family history, going back to the 1700s, coming up to now. The second part that I like is how it's me. (laughs) I was right. But it's me, so, you know, it's me being as authentic as possible sharing myself with the world, putting myself up for criticism and ridicule. And the last part is when, as a substitute teacher, I had gone viral on social media, and I didn't think that I had, but I did. And it didn't hit me until I realized that I did, and I went out with my father one time (laughs) um, while I had gone viral, and we went to a restaurant, and one boy looked at me and was like, Aren't you the one from whatever, whatever? And I was like, what? Like, to know that from phones, and this is going back to what you said, like, you don't understand the power of social media, right. the power of the internet. Yep. If people like yep. your song, your video, your script, your book mm-hmm. enough, you can go to sleep and wake up, and the way that God will work is that it's already done. You know, you have people who think Say that. It. Some people are overnight success stories, and that's not necessarily true. They've been putting in work and been putting in work and been putting in work, but it's that one song, that one movie, that one video, that one picture, that one post that catches on, and then boom, the rest is history. So that's the book, and I'm excited to have it. You know, that's what I did during the pandemic. (laughs) I got a book out. (laughs) Cool, cool, cool. Now tell me this. Who should read the book? Who's your target market? I would definitely say students who are in middle school and high school, without a doubt, but particularly high school students. And I say that for three reasons. One, are going through bullying like I did. They are trying to figure themselves out like I was. And they are in the loop with common slang terms. And the back is a little glossary for slang terms because I make sure to throw in some slang terms too to, you know, catch people. And as far as catch people, meaning, you know, allow them to understand that I'm in a loop too. So definitely high school students, middle school and high school students, because there are things that adults can get out of it too. But 
it's about education and who knows more about education than somebody who's being educated <laughs> such as a middle school or right. a high school student. You know, as adults we should always be looking for education, but you know, at the end of the day those in school can definitely relate. Okay. So now what I wanna I kinda wanna transition a little bit to your speaking. And the reason is as you were talking about using the slang I watched one of your speeches, and I think that was the thing that really caught my attention was, like, here's this educated man that's willing to come in, drop all the educational lingo, and connect with his crowd. Um, right. Then I saw, too, you're bilingual. It's funny because, no, I can speak conversational Spanish. But I do it confidently okay, okay. enough where people might think that I am. I'm glad that you said that because I actually yeah. had a conversation earlier today. I can speak it enough. I speak Spanish enough to be able to hold a small conversation, but not to be able to have a full blown interview like this. Okay, okay. Because I was I like, need to brush up. yo, that was what was up. Like in the speech, you speak, you uh, transition right to Spanish, Spanish, and I was man. like, yo, that's what's right. up. Yeah. <laughs> so now, yes, how did you get into the speaking? Did, did the speaking um, come October after high school, after college? Yep. Go ahead, October 2010. Just like that's when I knew I had a voice, October oh, 2010. I feel you. And I feel the, you. Okay. the rest is history. I would speak up for what I believed in, and people would listen to me when I did it. Thank God. Cool, cool, cool. So now do you go around the schools and, and do talks? Well, I know right now with, you know, COVID, it's not a lot of going around to schools, but um, how do you do your public speaking once all this is over? Do you go around the schools or? I do. I'm in the schools. I'm giving presentations in classrooms and auditoriums and school cafeterias and what have you. And even during COVID, I've been able to mm-hmm. still speak because organizations have reached out to me and they want and want mm-hmm. me to do Zoom meetings. So I've yeah. been speaking to students through Zoom and what have you. And, you know, it's interesting because I didn't think that would be a thing, but it is. And, you know, it, it, it works. So it's like, yeah, even during mm-hmm. COVID, I've still been speaking through Zoom. Yeah, that was that was my next question because um, that has really been a blessing to me as well, the ability uh, to still book engagements through Zoom, um, you know, having to transition. Because I like to connect with people face-to-face. I've always been that type of a person. Uh, but having to switch everything up because of the COVID-19 thing, it has caused me to – you know, expand my thoughts concerning everything, you know, to understand that it still can have the same effect behind the screen. Um, so that was what I was going to ask you, and you answered it, that you, you're doing that as well. Awesome, right. awesome. Okay. So now, with your book, how long was the process with your book? How long did it take you to write your book? I started it in 2019, but then I put it, on a hiatus. It was was it 2019. I started it a long time ago, but it was maybe like a chapter or two. But then during COVID, that's when I said, okay, let me do this. So if I'm honest about it, it took me about 
at the most four months to do. Three, definitely, but working out all the king side of it and what have you, four months to do. Cool, cool, cool. What was something that you learned during the writing process first? I know that I'm hard-headed, and when (laughs) I have to look over something, I'm never one to want to look over something a lot. So Mm -hmm. having an editor tell me that I needed to look over something a certain number of times and that they should look it over a certain number of times, and I said no, and then knew that at the end there were still a few grammatical errors actually in the book. So for those who actually Mm -hmm. read Mm -hmm. read it and, you know, they can pick up what's what, not spelling errors, but grammatical errors, you know. So, oh, this is out of place and that's out of place. So if you're reading it straight through, you might not catch it, but if you're reading it to edit it, then you'll understand. So that part, knowing that I'm hard-headed and I should have really looked it over more than I did, but, you know, I'm still Mm -hmm. (laughs) learning. I feel you. I feel you. Okay, so what did you learn once it's written, once it's been edited, it's out there now, what did you learn about the marketing side of things? I learned that social media can make you money. And I'm not saying I made, you know, tens of thousands of dollars, but you can turn your followers, your friends on social media, your supporters into those who can help you financially if you know how. So I created a product. I made something from scratch, a book about me, my life, and I sell it online and people buy it. Mm -hmm. People continue to buy it. People want it. Then some benevolent people will even write reviews about it or rate it on Amazon. Like that's crazy to me. So whether or not I have somebody say, oh, well, it was okay or you know, well, you know, here's a few things that I found where, you know, I could care less because it's about me. It's my book. That's my life. So if you feel like this part was a little off or this part was a little, it's life. Okay. Like that's how you feel. So when this part was a little repetitive, that's because at that point in my life, that was repetitive. So I I can't change that. That is what it is. So, you know, it Mm -hmm. wasn't a fiction novel. It was real. So I learned that your supporters, your social media followers, allow you to open the door for extra income. And to know that I even can say the word royalty check is crazy to me. Uh, wild. Yes, sir. <laughs> wild. And sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes they've hit that account and I forgot about them. And I <laughs> checked that account and it's like, whoa, wait. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, that's where that came from. Okay. You know? Yeah, that does feel good. (laughs) It does, and anyone can do it, and that's the thing. And if, Mm -hmm. you know, any takeaway out of this, I want that to be the takeaway. Like, you can do what you want to do. Believe me. Like, people will buy it, but you just have to be confident enough Mm -hmm. in it and promote it enough. Like, that's what I did. My thing was like, look, you know, I have this coming out. You should get it. You should get it. You should get it. And then, you know, it was a little trend for a little bit and people would take a picture with my book and then I would post it. So then that Mm -hmm. was cool because it was like, well, I have the book. I want him to post my picture too. You know, I'll post a picture with the book. Well, I'll post a picture with the book. Well, look, I won't post a picture with the Mm -hmm. book, but, you know, just know I have it. or You know, so it's like, then it was that. Like the cool thing was if you support me, then you should have the book. 
you know, so it, it's like that. And again, I just thank you so much because I know I can talk. <laughs> <laughs> this is good, but here, here's what I wanted to ask you. I want to ask you one more thing before I get to those three questions. Cause I don't know if you noticed we're off the air. See how fast that hour went. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. I tell people all the time. Cause they'd be like, I can't picture how we're going that fast. I'm like, yo, I'm telling you, it goes so fast. But That's with crazy. your writing, okay, you you mm-hmm. talked about you, your book is basically you sharing a lot of your stories. So basically you're becoming vulnerable. Right. How hard was it for you to be willing to become vulnerable to basically to strangers, because you know many times the book is read by those who may not personally know you. How right. was that process for you? That process was interesting. Shout out to my editor; she is an, an amazing sister. And her thing was, you know, to do what she called exploding the moment. She would say, "You need to explode this moment because." You never know who's going to read this and who's going to, you know, be able to relate and who this is going to inspire. Mm-hmm. So she really helped me with that. But to answer your question, you know, writing about the bullying, writing about losing my grandmother, like those were things that I had to sort of relive. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, like I'm putting a little emotion yeah. into this now. So, you know, to know that that's in print is awesome because I really did have emotion that went into it. Mm, I feel you. Okay. So now let's get to these last questions. Um, the first one is, and you kind of answer like you keep moving ahead of me, man. You kind of <laughs> answered this question, but I'm going to see if you have another answer to it or if you just want to go with what you said. You were just saying it while ago. I was like, he's, he's already answered my question. But the <laughs> question I always like to ask everybody is, if you've given us a lot over this hour, if everybody was to forget everything that you said, what would be one thing that you would want them to walk away with? Keep shining and keep grinding. No matter what, always look your best. And that doesn't necessarily mean, oh, well, I have to have a haircut or I have to dress up. But no matter what, always look your best, even if it's looking your best on the inside, feeling good when you wake up, knowing that you went to, before you go to sleep, you did something positive or that you're going to try and get it right tomorrow, or you're going to do something for somebody that you should have done, or you're going to help somebody who doesn't know you. So keep shining and keep grinding. Keep working. Don't stop working. They don't want you to work hard, so you have to keep working hard. You have to keep making sure that you do what you do. You have to keep making sure that you win, because even when you lose, you can turn it into something that still looks like you're winning. I've been fighting to get this teaching certification for a long time, and I have it. Now I can reap the benefit, but I didn't give up. Right. I was still striving to get it. So to answer that question, keep shining and keep grinding. Awesome, awesome. So here's my next question. This is I'm throwing this question at me because I meant to ask you this earlier, and it just came to my mind as you were talking. How do you recharge as someone that pours out a lot? How do you personally recharge? I love music and I love to read. So I can just listen to music and listen to music. And listen to, I can just read, read, and read, and I'm good. 
I promise you, music and reading, music and literature, and I'm good. Okay. Now, from there, what's your favorite, um, I was going to say genre of music, but what do you listen to to recharge? Favorite artist, song out right now? What's the song that you use or artist you listen to to recharge? My favorite genre of music is rap. Hip hop. Okay. Grew up on it. My top three artists, top three rappers in no order are Jadakiss, Lil Wayne, and Jay Z. Okay. And it all depends. Oh, Jay Z. Yes. <laughs> it all depends on the day. I mean, Pharrell. And so right now, I'll say Pharrell and Jay Z's new song "Entrepreneur," which is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I had a, I heard it for the first mm-hmm. time today. And I saw the video, and it was powerful because the images of mm-hmm. blackness and the stories that go along with it, and you know the words when Jay Z talks about, you know, supporting this company, but support two companies like this, and you know when you watch television, they might not have the same hue that you do. Like just things like that, things that are real and it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then you know one might call revolution music or you know, movement music, you know, there's certain songs that you need for the movement, for the revolution. So definitely no particular order listening to Lil Wayne, Jay-Z, and Jada Kiss. And, you know, depending on the day for real, you know, you might throw in a little bit of this and a little bit of that. So it might be a little bit of gospel for the culture. It might be a little bit of R&B. You You never know. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I feel you. Now, genre of books. What 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 is your favorite uh, type of books to read? I love a biography, a biography or okay. autobiography, particularly an autobiography or a memoir. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. I I I'm okay. not sure why, but I love an autobiography or a memoir. Just seeing the beginning, the struggle, and then the success because there's all these successful people: Rick Ross, Charlemagne the God, Al Sharpton. You know, and then you look at them as larger than life people. But then when you read their stories, you're like, wow, like they struggled. They had trials and tribulations. They, you know, went through this and went through that. And it's like they came out and they're still, you know, they're still 50 cents. Like they came out and they're, you know, they're still Jennifer Lewis. So it's like autobiographies definitely because they let you know, look, this is what happened and I'm here and I made it. Okay, cool, cool. All right, I'm, now I'm gonna get to the other two questions. I'm gonna let you go because I can. I'm just about like <laughs> you. I can talk a lot too. So, the <laughs> second question of the last three questions is: On the show, we like to honor what we call transforming transformers, and transforming transformers are those who have submitted their life to their personal transformation, but they've also played a role in other people's transformations or their transformative processes. They can be like a mentor, teacher, family member, friend, partner, whatever. In your life, along your journey, who has served as transforming transformers in your life to give you that extra push as you needed it. I always tell everybody you can have, you can name at least five. I know it, it's hard sometimes to narrow it down to five, but for time, I say try to narrow it down to at least five people. I would say my mother and my father, definitely. Mom yeah. and dad. Reverend Dr. Jim Bostic, shout out to Dr. Bostic. That is a man who has been supporting okay. me 
for many, many, many years. He's based out of New York, and he is phenomenal. And I just emailed him today. He is definitely someone who has supported me so much. My parents, Dr. Bostick, other two, there's so many people that that I could put into Mm -hmm. that. Professor Patricia H. Koger. Shout out to Professor Koger. Hey, Mrs. Koger. Mrs. Koger is phenomenal. She taught me so much about black history and continues to teach me Mm -hmm. so much. She is outstanding. My parents, Dr. Bostick, Professor Koger, and that last person, hmm, again, so, 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 so many people can fit in that category. But trying to think who, I mean, there's so many people who really helped, you know? I mean, I would say the last person would be, just to keep it copacetic, mm, see, uh, the last person would be my Uncle Johnny, my grandmother's younger brother, who recently turned 80 years old this year. Glory to God. Oh, wow. In his perfect state of mind, still drives everything. You wouldn't even know the brother said, you look at him, he could pass from 55 tops. So definitely mom and dad, Mrs. Colger, Dr. Bostick, and Uncle John John. His name is Mr. John Sherman Merrick, but Uncle John John, because he is always there. For real, those five people, that's my support system. Definitely my support system. Awesome. Awesome, and we honor each and every one of them on tonight for being there and playing such a special role in your life because without them, them, there is no we would not have crossed paths. That's it, we wouldn't have crossed paths. You wouldn't be sitting across from me virtually on that microphone. So, we appreciate each and every one of you. We honor you on tonight. Now, here's what I want to do before I get to the last question I want to give you the opportunity to give everyone your social media handles, your website how they can purchase your book, how they can contact you if they want to book you for speaking, all of that information. Sure. So the easiest way to reach me would definitely be through Facebook. Feel free to send me a message. My Facebook is my full name, Dennis Richmond Jr., Dennis, D-E-N-N-I-S, Richmond, R-S-C-H-M-O-N-D, Jr., J-R, Dennis Richmond Jr., and you can Google search the book. He spoke at my school. You can go Google it. You can go right on Amazon and type it in. He spoke at my school. And you can purchase it directly from Amazon. He spoke at my school. Pop right up. Glory to God that it pops up like that, too. That's dope. <laughs> right, right. Oh, man. Now you done, I have one more question for you. Yes, <laughs> I'm sorry. Sir. As you're talking, okay. another question just came to me. The title of your book, how did you come up with the title of your book? I have had countless students across New York tell me when they see me in the street, you spoke at my school. Nah, bro, you spoke at my school. You came to our school. I hear it all the time. I'm in a cab in Manhattan, headed to Avenue of the Americas. Americas. I'm in Manhattan, like in New York City. New York, New York. I'm in Manhattan, and I'm in a cab. And there's a young brother walking down a sidewalk in Manhattan and I have the window down in the cab and he looks at me 
in a cab in the middle of Manhattan and says, you came to my school, you spoke at my graduation. And that was mind-blowing to me. I'm in a restaurant. A girl remembers that I came to her school and that I wore glasses when I went there. I don't wear glasses, but I distinctly remember. I thought back way, 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 way back, and I walked in and I had sunglasses on that day, and I was like, I did have glasses on. That was in a restaurant. I'm in Brooklyn by the Barclay Center, in the subway, Barclay Center. A brother looks at me with his cap and gown in his hand, and he picked up from school and know me from speaking in his school. It's New Year's Day. I'm on a train, and there's a young sister with her young, you know, with her sisters with her, and she looks at me and goes, didn't you come to my school before? And it's it's crazy. I had to be the title of the book because that's what everybody has said to me. You can't. He spoke in my school. That's what's up. Mind blowing. Cool. Okay. I couldn't make it up if I wanted to. Mind blowing. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So now we are here to the last question. And I end every conversation with this question and I'll explain why after you answer. Sure. But Dennis, who is God to you personally? God to me personally is the being, the spirit, the entity that continues to control the universe and that continues to guide me. So God to me personally is the spirit, the being, the entity that continues to control the universe and that continues to guide me. And with that, I just pray that no matter what mistakes I have made in life, no matter who I have wronged or who feels as if I have wronged them, God continues to guide me and show me the way. And I know that God continues to guide me and show me the way. And for that reason, that is why God is what God is to me. Awesome. Now, here's why I asked that question. Mm-hmm. It's my personal belief that as long as we live, we will not fully be able to comprehend the awesomeness, the amazingness of God. And those words don't even begin Amen. to describe him. However, oh. when we encounter each other, we are encountering dimensions of God that we've never experienced before. So. That's right who you communicate to me who God is helps me understand God in a whole nother capacity. So I always Mm. like to end every conversation with that question. So listen, I want to thank you again for joining us on tonight and sharing so freely. I appreciate it. Such an amazing story. I'm excited to see everything that's about to unfold in your life not just in the future, but even in the now, like the the right now in your life. So thank you again to the listening audience. Thank you. Each and every one of you are the reason that this show exists. As I said at the beginning of the show, I appreciate each and every one of you. I appreciate your love, your feedback, your constructive criticism. I appreciate it all. I want you guys to make sure that you connect with Dennis Make sure you purchase his book and support everything that he has going on. Y'all know how I feel about how I feel about supporting those 
that are changing this world, that are making an impact in this world like we've never seen before. So make sure you go over, find him on the Internet. Let him know you enjoyed the conversation and purchase that book, all right? Listen, connect with me on social media as well, guys. Just type in my name, Clifton Pettyjohn, on all social media platforms. Make sure you follow my website or not follow my website. Make sure you go to my website, www.cliftonpettyjohn.com. That way you can know who our next guest is and you can know as we're making this transition with the uh, radio show, you will stay up to date with all of that. As I always say, Create a great day, walk with purpose, and by all means, execute your vision. Peace. So I know you've heard me talk a lot about working with people in entertainment, and perhaps you don't necessarily work in entertainment. And if you do, you may not need a full overhaul at the moment. However, you may be facing a challenge or working on a project that you could use objective perspective or expertise on. Um, this is why I offer consulting. Here are the areas I can help you in. Branding, marketing, creative strategy, spiritual development, identity strategy, style and image, content strategy, entrepreneurship. I would love to work with you to navigate your challenge or to enhance your project. If you want to book a one-time session or inquire about a short-term consulting relationship, you can do both by visiting YourSupernormal.com. Let's get it.